Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church gives us a very powerful text in the first reading from Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-one. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers, the day I took them by hand and led them forth from the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant, and I had to show myself their master, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I shall make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, this is a central passage in the Bible. We call this text to mind every time we celebrate Mass, because Jesus calls it to mind at the consecration, at the time of the Last Supper, in which he says, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which shall be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Well, this covenant was predicted by Jeremiah long before it would come true with Jesus Christ at Mass. Jesus Christ, in the words of the consecration, is telling us that those days have now come because now there is a new covenant made in Jesus' blood. Now, we know throughout the Old Testament, God made a series of covenants with his people, with Noah and Abraham, with Moses and David. And so it begs the question, what are covenants? Well, they're not contracts, but it's a pledge of mutual love. I will be your God and you will be my people. See, that is the basic form of the Israelite covenant with God. It's not an exchange of goods, but it's an exchange of persons. I am yours and you are mine. See, that's a covenant. At the heart of the covenant from the human side was the law. Now, God made a series of demands on his people. The people have to behave in a certain way. There must be conformity to God's life. Think of the circumcision given to Abraham. Think of the moral law. It was given to Moses. Think of the sacrifices in the temple associated with David. In all these ways, God is trying to bring his people back online to conform to his ways. Now, when you stop and think, this isn't unusual. Whenever we join a club or organization, there are certain expectations of our behavior, how to act, or even what to avoid. See, that's what it means to be part of an organization. If you play sports, you know, there are certain rules to all sports that govern the sport in of itself. Things that you should do and things you can't do. If you ever go golfing, you know that there's all kinds of rules and etiquette associated with playing golf. Now, the problem with the Israelites is they didn't live up to the law. 
as seen throughout the Bible. Maybe putting it in another way, the Israelites saw the laws as extrinsic to them, outside of themselves. They read them as something as terrible demands, hard to live up to. They seem to be arbitrary or artificially imposed. Think for a second, the drills that you had to learn in a sport or how to play a musical instrument. Now, the coach would put you through drills that seemed unrelated to the game, but he was placing the moves of the game into your body. And then later on, when it came time to play, now you had the moves to play the sport. Now, while we are doing these drills of practice, it seems meaningless, and the coach seems to be imposing them upon us arbitrarily. See, that's why kids often just beginning to learn a sport, often complain. Or think of a teacher teaching a person how to play a musical instrument. You know, by the basic moves and drills, it doesn't seem fun. The teacher is placing these movements into your body. The movements seem awkward and counterintuitive. See, that's what's going on in the first reading. Now, go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a tough taskmaster, demanding people come back to the requirements of the ancient covenants. He was a pretty tough person. There wasn't anything soft about Jeremiah. And yet we find this great verse in Jeremiah 31.31, where he says, I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And so, what is Jeremiah predicting? One day, the Lord would write his law upon the hearts of his people, so that what? They would effortlessly fulfill the demands of the Lord. They would no longer see the law as something extrinsic to them, something external to them. Through a series of drills, they would have to endure. Well, they would so now internalize his demands that they would now fulfill them effortlessly, much like a skilled athlete has internalized the drills that his coach has put him through and is now able to play the game effortlessly. Israel would become like a star athlete that you could say is transposed into the moral and spiritual order. That's what it means when he says, the days are coming when the Lord will write his law upon your heart. See, this is precisely what Jesus announces when he speaks the words over the cup at the time of the Last Supper. When he says, this is the cup of my blood, the new and everlasting covenant. Well, so it happened then and there. Right now, God is changing you, placing his law into your heart. And he does so every time we come to Mass. It is the cup of his blood, which is to say the cup of his life that we share. So it begs the question then, who is Jesus Christ? Well, he's not just one prophet amongst many like Jeremiah. And he's not some great biblical figure like Moses or David. He's instead the law made flesh. Go to St. John's Gospel. How does it begin? It says, in the beginning... The Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, what John is essentially saying here 
is Jesus is the law, the law made flesh. Go to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says over and over again, you heard it say this, but I tell you this. Well, you heard it said in the Torah. That's what he's implying. But Jesus is the Torah. He is the law made flesh. Well, what's the implication? When we take Jesus into our bodies, our souls, we become conformed to the law, the Torah. We eat and we drink the law, which used to exist on stone or printed page or words, the words of the prophets. Well, now the law is indeed written in our hearts, because in the Eucharist, we take that law into our hearts through Jesus' body and blood. We eat and we drink the law so that it becomes bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. You know, the early church fathers saw the Eucharist, they said it Christifies us. It makes us participants in the divine life of God. That's why St. Thomas Aquinas referred to the sacraments as the new law. Baptism, confirmation, anointing of the sick, all the sacraments, all of them are ways of being, conformed to the life of Jesus Christ. See, now they are all placed within us. St. Thomas Aquinas continued, he said, The greatest of the sacraments is the Eucharist. Why? Because in the other sacraments, the power of Jesus is available. But it's only in the Eucharist. Aquinas says that ipse Christos, Christ himself, is present. See, when we consume the Eucharist, we are eating and drinking the Torah, the law made flesh. And this law is written now in our hearts, the new and everlasting covenant. Every time we consume the Eucharist, we are confirming this covenant. Now we see why the Vatican called the Mass the source and summit of our faith. The Eucharist truly is the source. It is God, his body and blood. He is the Torah that we take in and now is written in our hearts. But also it's the summit. The summit is the highest part or highest prayer of our church. Every time we gather for Mass, heaven and earth unite in the most powerful way. That's why it is so important for us to come to Mass every week. You know, there is a special grace that we received, being in the physical presence of God. And I think Jeremiah and Jesus are teaching us just that this weekend. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. Reread the first reading from Jeremiah, as well as the Gospel from John. These are two powerful readings that tell us, in fact, prepare us for the coming week, in which next week we celebrate Palm Sunday, And after that, we enter into the Holy Week, the holiest of all weeks of our liturgical year. Every time we gather for Mass, we confirm the new covenant that is written in our hearts. And every time we gather for Mass, we receive Jesus' body and blood, and now we conform to a life with Christ. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.